This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelor. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Okay, wow, I really left you hanging after the last solo episode to celebrate our 200 Raw Beauty Talks podcast episodes. I think I literally said in that last episode that very quickly after I would drop part one and part two. And then I think I flew off to Arkansas and then I was in the British Virgin Islands teaching meditation and I came home and then I needed to catch up on everything and just spend some really juicy, good quality time with the fam jam. And so now here I am (laughs) two weeks, three weeks later, sitting down to finish the story and to share part two of this little mini series that I'm doing. What's so funny is that I really wanted to release this mini series altogether, one, two, three. And I have so many beautiful podcast episodes with guests that are waiting to be released, but I wanted to get these out first so that they would all flow together. So I've just really jammed up the system myself. I have a tendency (laughs) to do this, but I hope you all understand. There's so many balls in the air. And uh, we get to things when we get to things. So I'm sitting here now. I've got my Stanley full of water. We're actually on day five of the movement and self-love challenge that has been such a blessing for me. (laughs) I needed this challenge as much as everybody else has. If you didn't hear about it, we're doing a 14-day movement and self-love challenge. We had over 550 individuals sign up for it. We have our Facebook group, Stepping into self-love, which you're more than welcome to come join if you would like to. We have a playlist. We're aiming to move our body a total of 10 times in 14 days. So we get about two rest days each week. 
and we're aiming to do 30 minutes of whatever type of movement feels best. We're drinking our water, we're aiming for eight hours of sleep, we're speaking kindly to ourselves, and the other piece is that nobody is weighing themselves for two weeks. I don't weigh myself in general, and I have a feeling a lot of the people in this community have stopped doing that, but I know that there are for sure some people who are working towards that. So it really is a challenge all about supporting wellness habits and building that deeper sense of self-love. So having a blast with that, I believe in the last episode I left off in that period of my life when binge eating was really a thing. Ugh, doesn't feel good to say that, but it sure was. I was stuck in this cycle of binge eating and then doing a bit of calorie counting here and there, especially I think probably when I was stressed out, trying to eat quote unquote clean and then feeling like I would just lose control around food when I was alone or in the evenings in particular. I remember talking to somebody, I was doing a podcast recording and was a guest on somebody else's podcast And I talked a little bit about all that goes in to binge eating, especially when you have a roommate or somebody that you're living with, like ensuring that they are out of the house. And then you have to make a mental note of how much food is left and are you eating their food? Because that's going to need to be replaced because you don't want anybody to know that you're doing this. I mean, it's just a whole stinking thing. And my heart goes out to anybody who is in that place right now. I am hosting a free workshop next Thursday, May 25th. Depending on when you're listening to this, you may or may not find out about it, but I'll include the link for the registration or if it's past May 25th, I'll include the link to the recording for that. And I'm just really talking about the key steps that supported me in moving out of this battle with food and my body to a much more balanced place. All right. So it's called Food and Body Freedom. You can click the link below to register for that. Let's talk a little bit about the next phase of the journey. So I was at a gathering. I have no idea where it was. I feel like it was at a house and I met this girl. She was a life coach. I had no idea what a life coach was. And at this point, I had met with nutritionists. I had done therapy with a few people that I didn't really connect with. And so I thought, you know, whatever, I'll do a couple sessions with her and see what happens. I've always been down to do a little self-exploration, a little self-development. And so I started working with her and it really was incredibly, incredibly transformative. We did a lot of a lot of things in our time together, but a couple of things that really stand out. First and foremost, she spent time with me really pulling out what my vision was for my life, really helping me articulate and imagine the type of life that I wanted. This is when I first made that initial vision board that I created when I was 26 that is still sitting right beside me at my desk. So much of it has come alive. But the process of thinking about dreaming and putting down on paper what I was moving towards was really helpful for me. Because the space that I was living in in that moment was so far from that. In some ways, it 
probably felt overwhelming and like, how the heck am I ever going to get to this place? But at the same time, it gave me clarity as to what I was working towards. Now, I didn't know the specifics. Like I didn't know that I was going to end up doing health and wellness coaching. I had no idea that I was going to be a meditation teacher. I couldn't even sit still in my body for 30 seconds, let alone (laughs) do 30 minutes a day. So I created this vision with her. And then we also did a lot of somatic work. I didn't know that's what we were doing at the time. I don't even know if she knew that that's what we were doing, but we spent a lot of time going into the body and working with stuck emotion that was there, working with pain points, working with anxiety. And that process, I truly believe, is the thing that helped me unhook the most from the emotional eating and the binge eating, from that compulsion where I felt like I had to eat something and like I had no no control over it. Those emotions that were stuck in my body were so intense and so difficult to sit through at first that I think I was just shoving them down with food. I would start to sense them in my body and it would move me into the kitchen and I would be filling my face with food to avoid feeling everything that was there. Now, I wasn't conscious of this at the time, but looking back, I can understand that that is what was going on. So we created this vision for where I wanted to go in my life, what I was working towards, and really focusing on the feelings that I wanted to experience in my life versus things like the number on the scale or the exact specific job that I was doing. It was like, how do I want to feel in my life? What do I value the most in my life? And then we were doing this body work, which I feel in any sort of healing, whether it's from anxiety, mental health, whether you're building new habits, you've got to go into the body. You've got to learn how to regulate your nervous system. You've got to heal the old wounds. I do this work now with my clients, and it's my favorite part of the work that we do because it just like immediately unhooks people from emotions they've been carrying, from stuck energy, from beliefs they didn't even know that existed that have been holding them back. It's so incredible. So we did a lot of that type of work and I I started meditating at this point. I mean, at first it was body scans for two minutes a day and I couldn't even do those consistently. I honestly couldn't. I needed to have her there guiding me through these sessions to really help me be able to tap into and connect into my body. With time, you know, as you start to feel into and lean into those parts of the body that are calling for attention. So side note, what this looks like is I would close my eyes. You know, we would be talking about something and emotion would come up. You can hear it in your voice, right? When you've got that like tightness in your throat. And so I would close my eyes And she would ask me questions like, where do you feel that the most in your body? If you've worked with me, my coaching clients, you know we do this together today. Where do you feel it in your body? How much space is it taking up? What is the color? What is the sensation? Is it moving or is it solid? What is the emotion that is attached there? What are the beliefs that are attached there? You know, all of this varies depending on what's showing up. And in doing that and just sitting with and being with the emotion, it starts to dissipate. Sometimes it can become more intense at first, 
like a wave growing, growing, growing. But then always with time, it starts to release and you find that release that I was looking for with food and counting and weighing, you find that you can create that yourself, that you can sit through it, that you can ride the wave. So we were doing this work and then what started to happen is that as my nervous system regulated, as I found more of a homeostasis in my body, ideas started coming to me. I mean, we're just creating flow at this point. So I had this idea that I wanted to create a space online where there would be images of women that were beautiful, but didn't have all the editing and didn't have like the makeup team and didn't have the wardrobe team. Everything that I was seeing in magazines was so finely curated. And I kind of wanted the undone version of that. At the time, the magazines would often have like Britney Spears caught gassing up her car. And it would be this photo of her where she was caught in the most unflattering angle. Or we would have the highly produced photoshopped version. I wanted something in between where they would be like beautiful images, but natural I had no idea where to begin with this. I thought I wanted a space where like women could talk and have conversations about this. But when you have a dream at the beginning, I mean, it just feels like there's 10,000 million steps and there is a lot of, I don't know how to do this. Like, where would I even begin? I'm not a photographer. I don't know how to create a website. I mean, all of this just seems so far-fetched. So my coach at the time asked me to write my bio. And I wrote that bio, and that bio was the first page on my website. It became this first step of action towards this vision or goal or dream that I had, and it kind of set the ball in motion. I reached out to a friend who was a photographer. His name is Chris Thorne. And we got a group of women together. Actually, I think the first photographer who sent us photos is Natalia Anya. I'm going to reach out to her because she, yeah, I remember she's, I asked her if she would find somebody who would be willing to have their photo taken without any editing or any Photoshop. And she sent me these images and they were stunning. I'm going to try and see if I can find it. I was so inspired. From that point on, it was like full steam ahead. I figured out how to build a WordPress website. I found another photographer as well who was willing to get together with a bunch of women and shoot them raw, unedited. I mean, a number of photographers ended up stepping up and volunteering their time to help capture these images. I posted them on the website and I interviewed each woman and we had honest, raw conversations about their relationship with food and their body and self-love and the pressures they were feeling. At the time, I think like breast implants were really popular and I was thinking, you know, when I have kids and I lose my boobs, which I was really connected to and loved, I am for sure getting implants. But I also felt really conflicted about that. Like, it's not what I should do. So I just wanted to talk to women, understand their different experiences with it. And these interviews changed my perspective on everything. I mean, I learned so much and it just really cracked open the lens through which I saw beauty and I saw other women. 
I started to understand that for some women, makeup is their art. It is like they get up in the morning and feel so inspired. The face is a blank canvas and that they love and absolutely enjoy creating these beautiful looks. And I thought that was so cool. I talked to women who had had plastic surgery, who had struggled their whole life feeling insecure about their nose or their flat chest and that had it and felt like just so empowered and so able to let go of this insecurity and move forward in their life. And I thought that was cool. I talked to women who had had plastic surgery and found that afterwards they still struggled with all the same insecurities. And so I guess the main thing that it taught me was just compassion, compassion for other women and understanding everyone has a story. Everyone has insecurities that they're dealing with and navigating. Everyone has different tools, a different environment that they're living in. And so it really opened my heart up to not judging other women the way that I honestly did before. I think the other thing that I experienced during this was just this deep sense of frustration that every woman I was talking to, whether they were a supermodel or somebody who didn't meet the stereotypical image of beauty, had at some point struggled with their own self-esteem, whether this was beauty related or not. Like we all have these insecurities that we are dealing with. And I saw so clearly how these insecurities were holding women back in particular. I mean, I wasn't really interviewing men, to be honest, so I'm sure men deal with this as well. But how these insecurities were holding them back from doing the things that they really wanted to do, from finding joy in life, from being able to use their voice, it became about so much more than just a conversation about beauty. At this point, I'd probably interviewed over 200 women. I'd had amazing collaborations with companies like Lululemon and Beyond Yoga. We had taken photos of women in Vancouver, New York, Africa, LA. Like People were submitting their images and tagging us on social media, and the community really took off on its own. It was super cool. I do want to note that when this started, the conversation was just beginning. Like Dove had released their first campaign. It was so groundbreaking to see women who weren't just models showing up on billboards and in advertisements on the television. And so I know that that felt really inspiring, but I honestly don't think there was much else out there at this time. But the swell was just beginning. And obviously now we're seeing so many people talking about this To be honest, advertisements have completely changed. Yes, there's still a long way to go, but we see so much more diversity in all different areas in the campaigns that we're seeing for makeup companies, for beauty companies, for clothing companies. So these conversations that you and I have been having, they've made a difference and it all happened at the right time. Social media has given us a voice. Companies are listening to what we want and what we're asking for. They hear us and they've had to adapt. And the ones like Victoria's Secret that didn't adapt until late, 
went bankrupt or have completely had to shift and evolve. So it's cool because it's been almost 10 years of doing this work. And sometimes it can feel like you are moving backwards, but I really see a lot of progress. And I believe one of the next areas that we're you know, pushing that ceiling in is diversity in regards to the ages of women that we're seeing. I just did a post about the Sports Illustrated magazine swimsuit edition where there was a variety of different women all showing up in their bathing suits, like looking fire, love it for them, love that Sports Illustrated has completely changed, but they included Martha Stewart in it. Martha Stewart has obviously had work done which I am crystal clear, as far as I'm concerned, every woman should have the prerogative of doing what feels best for her. Like every woman needs to do what feels right for her and her body. And having had all these conversations, I can see so crystal clear that there are a million reasons why people would choose to have work done. And I don't think that we as women can judge others for the choices that they are making. That being said, the images were also highly photoshopped. So 81-year-old Martha has no wrinkles, no age spots. Her like cleavage and boobs are perky in the cover photo that they chose. Everything is looking like she is about 40 years old. So my thought is yay Sports Illustrated for including more diversity, for including a woman who is 81. And moving forward, could we please not Photoshop the SHIT out of everything, like let her age show and include Martha, but can we also include some women who haven't had as much work done as well to really extend the visibility and to celebrate the beauty of all types of women? So this isn't about pushing Martha out the door or saying that she's doing anything wrong. Love that I'm calling her Martha, like we're on a first name basis, <laughs> but it really is about just continuing to expand, expand, expand. The issue with having an 81-year-old on there who's had a lot of work done and who is highly photoshopped is it just further perpetuates this messaging that we as women can only be celebrated, visible, valued, especially in media when we look like we're about 40 years old. So an 81-year-old can be included, yeah, but she's got to look like she's 41. And that just isn't serving anyone. It's just not. So, I mean, we take baby steps here. If you go to my Instagram, find that post where I talk about it and share it, tag at Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, tag MJ Day, who's the amazing individual who's behind a lot of the shifts that have been happening within Sports Illustrated, we can use our voice to create change and we don't have to do it in this super aggressive way. So check out how I kind of framed things in the messaging that I put out there. And if it resonates, please do take a moment to share it. It's a great way for you to support the conversation and to encourage further change. Okay, so I've had all these conversations and there's just this bit of frustration that's brewing because I'm seeing all of these women who are being held back by their insecurities, not just insecurities about body image or disordered relationship with food, but also with the limiting beliefs in their own mind. 
And so I knew I had to have some tools to be able to support women through this type of thing. In the meantime, my relationship with food is feeling so much better. I'm eating more intuitively. I'm able to sit now for longer periods of time. I just don't feel the compulsion to eat in the way that I did. So in many ways, as always, I feel like raw in this community and these conversations that we had really did help to heal me. I thought about going back to school to become a therapist, seems like the obvious choice, but something just wasn't quite fitting with that. And then I i feel like I honestly got an advertisement for it, heard about health coaching school, and I loved the work that I had done with my life coach, and this was called the Health Coach Institute. I've done a full episode on my experience with it, but basically taught holistic health and well-being, and you would also become certified as a life coach. It was a year-long program. I had an onboarding call and really wanted to understand what their thoughts were on like dieting. Is that the way that we're supporting people's health and well-being? And it just wasn't the case for them. It really was intuitive eating based on gentle nutrition, mindset, helping people unlock and and move past their own limiting beliefs, helping them identify patterns of self-sabotage. It was an immediate yes for me. Like I signed up on the spot. I don't think it was cheap to do it, but I just knew. I knew it was a heck yes, full body yes. And so James at that point had been born. He was probably six months and I began to do my health coaching certification. It was the best decision. I don't want to say the best decision I've ever made, but it was one of the top five for sure, along with having kids and marrying Scott and maybe a couple of other things. But I love every part of being a coach. I love doing the one-on-one sessions. I love my groups. I love being able to support women, you know, just like you and just like the hundreds that I have spoken to over the last 10 years to overcome their own limiting beliefs, insecurities, or patterns that are holding them back from really stepping into the life that they want. What's so cool as well is that, you know, as I've had these conversations and healed my own relationship with food, everything on that vision board, this is going to sound so woo-woo and hokey-pokey, but everything on that vision board has come to fruition in the most incredible ways. So there's something really powerful about getting clear on what your vision is for your life or different aspects of your life as well. You can zero in in specific spaces. And then having the support to help you do the deeper healing body work and figure out the steps that you need to be taking to unlock from limiting beliefs and patterns that are holding you back. So that's the work that I get to do now as a health coach. And in the next episode, I'll talk a little bit about what the day-to-day looks like and also an exciting new project that we are bringing to fruition for the younger generation. Okay, so hopefully that gives a little more color on the process of starting Raw Beauty Co. Obviously, there's so much that I wasn't able to touch on. So many peaks and valleys along the way. So many pieces to figure out, constantly shifting and evolving. 
I don't feel, to be honest, like there are that many people who are doing this exact same thing that I can kind of copy their formula. But I do have mentors, people that I look up to. I'm always tapped into business podcasts like Jenna Kuchers and Amy Porterfields, constantly reading self-development books. So there's absolutely this community of guides and leaders that I look to. But in regards to having somebody exactly specifically in this alley, there hasn't been one. So it's been a lot of trial and error and figuring things out along the way. I think one of my favorite parts about all of this is that you and I are growing together. We're learning together. We are figuring things out together. And it's just been the most beautiful journey and process having you along on the ride with me. So I would love to know if you have a moment to just take a screenshot as you're listening to this episode to share whatever sticks out or resonates the most for you in this episode and in this story. Do you find it helpful to hear a bit more about the journey? What else would you like to know? Do you have any questions for me? Uh, Do we want to talk about some of the valleys (laughs) that I've experienced along the way? Because you know that there have been many. Please feel free to send me a DM at Raw Beauty Talks. And this really is meant to be a conversation. So I can't wait to hear from you. Okay, take what landed, leave the rest behind, and I will see you soon. Bye, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week.